The Pace Line Podcast is sponsored by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health conscious people get special life insurance rates. Go to healthiq.com forward slash paceline to support the show and learn more. And the Pace Line is supported by LAL Cycling. The coast is calling. LAL Shore Collection embodies the spirit and style of the California coast. All LAL products are crafted right here in Southern California for shipment worldwide. Now on to the show. Sagan does the splits. Wiggins does indoor rowing and Froome. He does an inhaler. What do we think of this? Oh my gosh. Okay, number one, I'm I'm not surprised that he finally got popped for doping in some form, okay? I haven't really been willing to buy the idea that he was a completely clean cyclist. I just, I don't think Sky runs a clean program. And we shop for the perfect gift for that cyclist in your life. How about a Strava premium, uh gift certificate give someone the gift of strava premium sure and i have a reason for for doing that the fact is you can use strava for free and get a ton of value from it and most of us do i kind of want people to start paying for strava though and here's why Paceline, the podcast on two wheels with Patrick, Hottie, and Fatty. This is show number 49. No, wait, 94. <laughs> Can I start over? <laughs> no, I, I like that. Let's roll with that. Yeah. This, We're suddenly oh, twice as good. Man. Let's go backwards. This, this show is going backwards, isn't it? It's just, <laughs> this show full is reverse right now. We are off the back. I am off the back. You can tell I've got a cold. I've, I'm in the very best part of having a cold, guys. Wait, there's a I mean, good part? And, oh, the, definitely the good part. I can breathe okay, and my voice sounds wonderful. I'm, I have an almost haughty-like voice. Yeah. You, <laughs> you have one of those uh, CBS baritones going right now, Fatty. Oh, yeah. That is an empl- hear me sing jazz. That is an employable voice right there. You want to hold on to that. <laughs> now, the way to enhance it and the way they do it at, at CBS, the old guys would do it, is drink lots of whiskey and smoke cigarettes, and then you're in. You'll have, you can and you do both of life. those, right? All right, I am making a shopping list right now. <laughs> Marlboro's, Jack Daniels, you're in. <laughs> it's a short list. Okay, are, are we seriously keeping this, guys? Yes. I think we are. Okay, fantastic. You know what, guys? I, I'm not feeling great, and to be honest, I don't care how you're doing. Um, as long That's as you are not on fire. <laughs> are either of you on fire? No, Is everything okay no, over there? All the all the fires are out here now. Yeah. We okay, still yeah. we about- still have fires here in, in Southern California as we record this, Fatty. Um, the biggest, the Thomas Fire, uh, is up in Ventura County, burning into Santa Barbara County, the next county over. It's become the fifth largest fire in state history. And it brings up a, a point, too, that there's a connection with the Pace Line here. Two of our special guests that we've had on the Pace Line, both of them named Aaron. Aaron Olson of Handlebar Coffee is a former pro. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Stinner of Stinner Frameworks, who was just on our show last week, I've checked in with both of them. They are in Santa Barbara County, by the way. They're both fine. They're covered by a lot of smoke right now because much of the smoke is blowing up and over Santa Barbara County. They've had to close their businesses, so Handlebar Coffee has been shut down for the safety of the employees. It may be back open by the time folks read this, so check in with them. 
And then Aaron Stinner, too, uh, he had to cancel actually an event with Handlebar Coffee uh, due to the fires. Mm. But as far as I know, they're both doing fine. Uh, we wish everyone the best, of course, up there dealing with these fires. We hope uh, they get them out quickly or actually not going quickly is the problem, but hope they get them out yeah. soon and that everyone can get down to recovering. Amen, brother. All right. More important, but possibly less serious question. Can either of you do the splits? Oh, oh, no, no. I mean, maybe with the aid of an axe or something, but no. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Without surgical enhancement, can either of you even come close to doing the splits? I cannot. Uh, not even close. I, I can maybe get to, say, 90 degrees if you were to measure the l- angle of my legs at maximum. I'm hurting bad. Mm. Hadi, how about you? Not a chance. I mean, you know, there's no Nadia Comaneci, no Olga Corbett in me. No, uh, no Peter Sagan no Peter Sagan. in you. No, well. Have, have you guys seen the, – the, of course, that's why I'm asking this question. Have you seen this video that Peter Sagan yeah. posted of him doing yeah. essentially this, this like what incredible power move? It's Well, I it, it's more than splits. It's not just like he said – like he did this easy – you know, sudden, you know, jump and land in in the splits. He went down very slowly and then leaned forward until his chest was essentially parallel to the ground and then he came back up. I mean, this was an incredible core move. That uh, was the thing. For listeners, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some serious core strength going on because he wasn't using his hands until the very end. And he was moving around. I mean... You know, my my <laughs> legs were screaming just watching it. How oh, legs everything? It's the um if, if for listeners who have not seen this yet, uh, go to Twitter or Facebook. Oh, we'll have or a link. Just we'll to have a link. Google. Don't worry. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and you can find it just by search Peter Sagan uh, core training splits or something like that. You'll find it in the future. Um, that move will be known as Saganing. <laughs> he did a uh i mean this was truly remarkable and it, it changed my perspective of him a little bit um i have this sort of residual perception of him being a lovable goofball from planet krypton right uh, he's sort of superman but jokier and thought of him in kind of the same class of superhero as superman right you know that he was born with this he was super strong and can go super fast, but he didn't necessarily earn it, right? The way Batman did. But you can tell Sagan has incredible discipline. And, I mean, we were talking before the show, and Patrick, you were saying uh, discipline. And not just discipline, but professionalism, right? Yeah. This is a guy who is obviously not getting to where he is by just, you know, genetic miracle. He is a guy who takes his training super seriously and is also a lovable goofball from Planet Krypton, right? I mean, it's <laughs> the, remarkable to me that 30 seconds of videotape or whatever video um, would have the power to positively influence the, your opinion of a cyclist who's already super well regarded. Just just mm. think about that as a construct, you know? I yeah. I like the guy a lot. I mean, hey, he came out and helped my town. Um, but yeah, I didn't appreciate the degree to which because this is something that we consider 
to a certain degree, is falling outside of what's absolutely necessary for cycling. And yet, (laughs) maybe it's not so so much. Maybe all those articles that Celine Yeager writes, we should take more seriously. Um, (laughs) I've begun to pay more attention to what uh, Celine publishes lately. You know, I mean, I've always known she does good work. And those those training articles that are out there about training muscle groups that aren't involved in pedaling are useful and necessary and that sort of thing. But I'll, everyone should take seriously Celine Yeager. Uh, anyone who's ever ridden with her takes her seriously because she is a badass. She's a beast. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the VIQ, the very important question this, uh, this week was, can you do the splits? If you tried to do the splits, what would happen? 5% said, I could do it. No problem. Uh, those people are mostly liars. Uh, <laughs> 18% said I could get to 120 degrees, which is pretty good. I mean, that's getting close to doing splits. 18% are like me. I can get to 33 degrees. And then 59% say I'd tear in half. <laughs> it's This is, I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. And what is even more amazing, and maybe next week's VIQ will be, is there a single cyclist in the world who is not crushing on Peter Sagan? <laughs> we are all going to be so bummed when we discover that he's doping. Oh, I, I will bet that there are a minority or some in the pro peloton that get rubbed the wrong way by this guy. I wouldn't doubt it at all. There are some people probably that- a little pushed out of shape that this guy garners a lot of attention and he's not you know, bashful about it. He goes about seeking it, obviously, by doing the splits and posting it on Twitter. That's not going to go over well with every ego in Planet Peloton. Right. Yeah. Of course. Um, That said, of course, he has not been pegged for doping. I was joking. Please don't sue us, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) You know, something out of, out of, uh, out of deference to uh, women friends of mine, I know, I know women in cycling who are still really upset about the time that uh, he reached up and pinched mm-hmm. the podium girl's butt. Mm-hmm. Um, in the wake of Me Too, uh, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that um, I don't I don't really know how to deal with that. I'm a big believer in the idea that we grow and mature. And that uh, some of our opportunities in life come about because people were willing to forgive us for stupid things we did before. I don't think I'd be where I am today if people hadn't been willing to forgive me for my stupidity here and there. But I'm aware that, you know, there, I guess I just want to be respectful of those who see him in a different light. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I don't entirely agree with it. It's been a while back now. He's not done anything like that since he did apologize. Uh, but I want to be respectful to those people who are who are still really upset by that. Um, and so I I just need to mention it. Okay. Mentioned. Box ticked. Um, and, and a fair point. But where I was heading yeah. was to doping. Um, <laughs> Yay! Oh, you, wait, no. You had Yay. to take it to a, a much different uh, uh, horrible thing. Um, I'm the man for of it. Of course, Froome has been 
uh, found with a double the amount of uh, allotted salbutamol in his system. I guess that was during the Vuelta. We're just finding about it now. Uh, the amount that was found in his urine was essentially the amount that you take if you, uh, or the amount that would be in your system if you take like 20 hits uh, off of uh, off the inhaler, uh, which is a lot. Um, what do we think of this? I'm, oh my gosh. Okay, number one, I'm I'm not surprised that he finally got popped for doping in some form. Okay. I haven't really been willing to buy the idea that he was a completely clean cyclist. I just, I don't think Sky runs a clean program. Uh, And so this really, for me, only serves as confirmation of something that I was already deeply suspicious of. A lot of people are going to think, oh, a doping medication, an asthma medication, big, fat, hairy deal. There was a time when I had reasonably significant EIA, exercise-induced asthma, when I was living in Massachusetts. The cold air and Nordic skiing, and I would get into horrible bits of coughing. Uh, and, it, you know, it was, it was something that would affect my performance. And so it's one of those things that the idea that the winner of a Grand Tour has asthma, for me, just on the very face of it, is kind of BS, uh, well, okay, let, let me revise my last statement is complete BS. I just, I don't buy that. He actually has asthma. I buy that. He has a doctor who gave, you know, the UCI a TUE to allow him to take an asthma medication. And as somebody who once lost track of taking his salbutamol, and I took four hits instead of the two that I was supposed to, I felt rotten. I felt like I'd been lit on fire and shot out of a cannon. Taking what was essentially 20 doses of salbutamol, who does that? I, I just, I can't even believe it. You know, it's, I mean, I do believe it, but it's like, oh my God, what a, what a thing. What a, what a rotten way to make your body feel for athletic excellence. So, uh. Well, if he has asthma and has to take an inhaler, he has to tell Wada that, and the UCI, does he not? Yeah, no, I mean, he had the TUE. He has to That's, at least, mm-hmm. before we call no. him a complete liar that he doesn't have asthma on top of it all, I mean, somebody's going to have to get there and say, look, no. not only did you double your dose, but you shouldn't be taking this stuff to begin with. Uh, apparently, no, Wada he, and UCI have said, okay, you have asthma, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, they were aware that he was using salbutamol. I'm hearing Hang on, I got to take some medication. pills in the background. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're taking medication, all right. Uh, so, um, the um, the use of salbutamol actually does not require a TUE. Uh, however, there is a limit of a thousand nanograms per milliliter, and he was close to double that amount in his urine sample. And uh, you know, and, and I, I'm working off memory from a really good article in Cycling Tips by Shane Stokes. Recommend reading it. Um, and the um, and you know the amount that they are saying or that he was saying would actually take you to that level is you know in the tens of hits off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, does that does that mean? 100% that he is a bad guy and was doping. I don't know. And I, I kind of want to put it out there that 
we don't know about how fast uh, Froome metabolized stuff or if there was something that, you know, like he was radically dehydrated and so his levels were higher or there might be an actual good reason. Uh, I, I don't want to become the, you know, the guys with the pitchforks and the and the flaming torches. We, Fair enough. You know, we don't know everything yet. That said, I'm sad, right? Um, because to me, I mean, this seems like almost certainly what we are not going to see is a modern racer getting a fifth consecutive Tour de France win. It almost certainly means that we're not going to see the possibility of a Tour Giro double this year. You know, the things that are kind of fun to look forward to as a fan, those are right out the window. He would have also been the only cyclist, what, since Merckx to hold all three Grand Tours at once, all three titles, Mm -hmm. if if he'd have gone on to win the Giro next spring. Right, right. So, I I mean, whether there is certainty of guilt, um, there's there's a stain that was before at very best a or at very worst i should say a question mark um and nobody's ever going to believe him again right huh mm-hmm. man it's uh, you keep hoping can we do our can we have this be our last doping story ever oh good grief I, it, the exhaustion of, of talking about that is just extraordinary um, one thing that's cool is up until me saying it in this sentence, we have not said the name Lance Armstrong until I just did. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't again we have this to. episode. Yeah, I might. I'm going to find a way to just to spite you, dude. All right. <laughs> oh, joy. <laughs> I'm in that kind of a mood. I've, I've got a bass voice, a cold coming on, and am feeling a little bit punchy. Tell you what, guys, let's go into a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, let's talk about something good, giving during the holidays here on The Pace Line. I mean, I can understand why people are asking, given the history of the sport and and that they've been let down so many times before. But I'm also one of those people who have been let down. I've also believed in people who have turned out to be cheats and liars, but I can assure you I'm not. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you're a cyclist. And because you're a cyclist, you can save up to 25.5% on your life insurance by purchasing it through Health IQ. In addition to all the usual information you give for insurance, such as age, gender, height, weight, and nicotine use, the amount of riding you do each week is considered, and you can take quizzes that may reduce your payments further. It turns out that knowing what it takes to be fit has its own value. Health IQ knows that people who ride have an 18% lower risk of heart disease, a 28% lower risk of overall mortality, and a 45% lower risk of cancer. So drop by healthiq.com forward slash paceline podcast to get your free no obligation quote. 
The pace line is back now. Hottie, Patrick, Fatty, let's talk about giving uh, and getting. Presents for cyclists. What are the things that you guys would like to give, like to get? Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, the big thing that I kind of put my eye on uh, for this next year, um, I want to do more touring and more camping, um, whether mm-hmm. car camping or touring to a campsite. And uh, there was a big Agnes sleeping bag that um, really kind of caught my eye. It's, uh, shall we say, a double wide? Oh, yeah? Yeah. I need some more wool in my life. Um, oh, yeah. High-end stuff. Yeah. I like wool arm warmers. I love those. I don't have any mm-hmm. of those. I mean, I've had those. I don't have any now. Um, a light wool base um, and or a wool wool socks. God, do I love wool socks. And not the bulky ones. Oh, yeah. The thin ones with just enough spandex in them to make them stretch and last. So I will take- You got a favorite brand? I I uh, do have a favorite brand. Well, the one that yeah. starts with an R, they make nice product. They don't make a lot of wool. I know they have the wool base layer and they have the wool arm warmers. That British that company, starts Rafa. with an R? Oh, oh Rafa. Rafa. Uh, yes. I, I was going to say, are, are we are we one of those podcasts that won't say a company's name no. unless they sponsor us? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, I think I saw a gift card land on my um, under my tree today. That may be Ooh. from them. So I may be in business Dude. already. For that, yeah, hey, that's fantastic. You know, the weird uh, thing, Fatty, of- about about cycling gifts is like, if a non-cyclist tries to buy something for a cyclist, and I went through this in golf. I remember my my non-golfing or my folks who didn't know a lot about golf would try to buy me golf product. In the end, mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Yeah, thanks," uh, and I'd head right Got back the to receipt. the pro shop and <laughs> trade it in for a proper sleeve of Titleist or something like that. And, you know, the same thing can kind of happen with if the non-cyclist tries to grope a little bit and not grope, the bad word to use these days, sorry, folks, <laughs> but feel around a little bit and, and try to find something for that cyclist. You know, the best thing to do, go for the gift card. Just just grab the gift card. They'll love you for it. They'll be able to pick out something themselves. Use one of the online shopping places. Um, do something like that, and you'll it'll be a win-win for you. Cyclists can take a shot, right? I mean, if I wanted to buy something for Fatty, I could probably figure it out. I'd go to probably Silka.com and buy him various Heck products. Yeah. or You know, I think I could figure it out. Even Patrick. You know, I'd go to RKP and buy him a jersey, you know, a Red Kite Prayer jersey or something like that. So <laughs> it's, I think cyclist to cyclist, we have a little easier time. If you're a non-cyclist, you're trying to buy for a cyclist, um, grab that gift card. It's a good, it's... You'll, you'll be fine. Sure. But he, here are a few things that I would be happy to give or rather happy to get and therefore I think make good cycling-related presents to give to anyone. Uh, like you just hinted at, send your friends to Silka.com. Really, honestly, there's nothing there that a cyclist would not love to get. They have a cool 2017 holiday guide. They're not even sponsoring me to say this. So, um, But that said, they have under 50, 50 to 100, and so forth. The uh, HX1 Home Essential uh, Wrench Kit, uh, someone gave me a couple of years ago. And I, I think I use that probably four times a week, even today. It is just such a nice wrench kit. 
um, my my Soka pump. I love that thing. It, you know, any cyclist would be happy to get a Soka pump of any type, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, a couple of other a couple of other things, and you know, moving off of the you know this Soka love fest, as hard as it is for me to do that. How about a Strava premium uh, gift certificate? Give someone the gift of Strava premium. Sure. And I have a reason for for doing that. The fact is you can use Strava for, for free and get a ton of value from it, and most of us do. I kind of want people to start paying for Strava, though, and here's why. As a person who has made his life and his living for you know most of my career, in software, I think that people doing amazing work and with great intellectual property and great ideas and great development work – deserve to be rewarded. I want Strava to stay in business forever. For one thing, I have a huge uh, you know, body of work in there at this point, and I don't want all of that to go away. I want to be able to you know, play around with that. I enjoy using Strava and seeing what my friends are writing and what they're doing. I just think that it is a the thing that probably more cyclists use than anything else let's you know let's make them profitable and happy you know so you know give someone strava premium for for a present do you like think it. that fatty do you think that's our only revenue source is the membership i mean i would think they would have huge value in all those email addresses they they have in their possession sure. those can be resold i would think there would be more to them than just their pre- the, the memberships they sell well, they're serving Almost themselves so, uh, up as a data service for cities now, now that they right. have the heat hmm. maps. And so I know that they're actively marketing themselves to municipalities, uh, to the city planners, uh, you know, for their data. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Well, good. I'm I'm glad they have other revenue streams. Um, I, I, I just also have a thing. It's like if I read a book, I buy the book. I as much as I love libraries, I if I if I enjoy something, I, I like to pay for it. Um, you know, it's just you know, it's it's a personal thing. Um, I would also want to suggest uh, you can go over to worldbicyclerelief.org and pay for a, or make a din- donation. On someone's be uh, on someone's behalf, and some uh, schoolgirl in Africa will get a bike and be able to stay in school, and will be able to have a markedly better life because of something you do for someone. And that is actually what I have done for the last several consecutive years, and will do again for all of my non-cycling related friends and family, I make donations on their behalf to World Bicycle Relief, and they get a little card saying what World Bicycle Relief is. And people like that. You know, most of my, most of the people I know are at such an age that we don't need stuff. Exactly. Right. Yep. And I can't afford to give people experiences, right? I can't send people to the Bahamas and, you know, hey, here's a great vacation. But I can say, hey, I was thinking about you and I know that this changes lives and do that. So I would recommend that, worldbicyclerelief.org. Um, so some some gift ideas there. Patrick, how about you? Well, uh, this has been a little different year for me for the last two months, really, uh, I've been marshalling the shipments from RKP readers and a few industry contacts as well, and 
distributing clothing to people who lost their homes in the fire here. So this is a cycling kit that uh, uh, people have sent to me. You know, there was a post that I did, uh, a request it was called, and uh, some 50-odd readers uh, responded saying, yeah, uh, I want to ship you stuff. And I have given out uh, about three-fifths of the total that has been shipped to me, and there's still stuff left to go. Uh, but it has been, um, it's been a really different experience. And I didn't think about it in conjunction with Christmas at all, but as I'm still giving stuff and here we are coming up on the holidays, it's taken on a, a little different tone for me. And I'm pretty excited that tomorrow afternoon I'll be heading to bike monkey headquarters where the kids of one of the NICA teams in the NorCal league, uh, uh, Annadale composite, they're going to be doing a spin class uh, at uh, at Bike Monkey headquarters, and I'm going over there with a mountain bike to give to them to help replace one of the four bikes that they lost in the fires. And you know, this isn't really something that I can advocate as like a, a strategy on a go forward basis or anything. But mm-hmm. for this year and what my town has been through, this feels really good, and. I am incredibly grateful to the readers of RKP for what they've done for my community. This is something I will never, ever forget. Yeah, something like that is always, uh, it's sort of, especially in the fairly toxic uh, political environment uh, where you, and the very divided sense that you get if all you ever do is read the news. Yeah. It's great to see that. Uh, Really, uh, most people, given an opportunity, want to do something really nice. Yeah, it's it's amazing how, you know, once you really genuinely touch someone, how generous they can be. Yep, seen that uh, seen that firsthand many, many times. Yeah, let's uh, let's head on to the news. And for that, I'm I, well, I'm, I'm going to skip the the special sound effects that I like to do for you, Hottie. <laughs> OK, <laughs> You're not going to do know. the bass typewriter this time. I, I yeah, not not this time. The ticker, but uh, the wire yeah. machine. <laughs> I don't know. I might do the ticker I, just in the background softly while you while you tell us the news. <laughs> okay, what's going on? Well, this is kind of the rest of the news because obviously we covered a Chris Froome's ordeal at the top of the show. We do, some of the other stories we picked up on uh, this week, guys. Uh, one of the great voices of cycling started off this month with acute pancreatitis and some huge. Hospital bills. Dave Toll, the announcer, tweeted on the second to last day of November that he'd come down with a hell of a stomach bug. But when he got to the hospital, he found out it was much more and it would cost much more. A colleague got a GoFundMe page going and within a day, 10 grand had been raised. So again, the cycling community looking out for each other. Uh, Best wishes to our man, Dave Toll, one of the true voices of cycling. I tell you, there's nothing like having Dave Toll call your name out during a race. I know it's been a couple of times for me, personally. The most vivid was at the Manhattan Beach Grand Prix. I got in a break with another 45-plusher, and we did about three laps together. In fact, uh, we got the bell lap as a, as a twosome, and there was Dave bellowing out our names. Michael Hutton, can he hold on? You know, just and echoing all the over Manhattan Beach, all the way down to the beach. It was a magical day. It was a fun day. We didn't win the race. 
Uh, my breakaway partner decided to give in and let his teammate catch us. But um, it was just so cool having Dave Tolls out just screaming your name uh, through a whole oh, yeah. neighborhood. You guys had ever had Dave Toll call out your name during a race? I have. I have. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and there's nothing quite like it. Uh, um, in addition to his incredible voice, um, which, uh, which you're absolutely right to call out, he, he's the endurance king of cycling announcing. Um, I, he, uh, did all the live strong events for many years and he would call everyone's name, uh, out as they crossed the finish line. And that would go on for hour upon hour upon hour. Uh, he also has an incredibly sharp mind. I want to say that. Um, you know, I, I've talked to Dave a number of times, and he remembers everything about practically everyone that he talks to. He is considerate. He is just, I mean, he is smart, and he wants to help. He, uh, I, I, I've talked, I've, he, I've had him call out my name at, uh, at, the uh, Rebecca's Private Idaho at Livestrong events, at uh, events as small as um, and with an incredibly long finish line time that he was out there, the Rockwell Relay, where he had to be out there calling out people every few minutes or sometimes with half an hour in between. And he stayed there in the 104 degree heat, just doing it, calling, making sure everyone, you know, got their got their name called out, um, you know. It's it's rough to hear he is having a rough time and look forward to having him back on his feet. He is a guy that we got to get on the pace line Amen. for an interview sometime, guys. It's he uh, he's he's just one of my favorite, not just voices, but just one of my favorite people. Uh, yeah, love that guy. Patrick, you must you must have one, right? He must no, have actually, you. I don't. No, what? No. Oh. Well, I mean, I you know, I never raced any events that uh, he was announcing. I've certainly been at stuff where he's been in action. You know, every year of Levi's, he's there announcing mm-hmm. on the start line, and so it's not like I haven't seen him in action. I just haven't been on his radar, and that's okay. It doesn't bother me. What I know about Dave and you know his service as an announcer when he shows up at Levi's. You know, he's there to psych the crowd up and, you know, he really brings it. The the level of professionalism that he displays there, uh, his knowledge of everybody who's in that VIP paddock, you know, all the current pros, all the ex-pros, all the national championships these people have won, you know, little anecdotes about a breakaway here or there. Um, You know, he's not just kind of a, a... He's uh, not just a voice. Yeah. He's super sharp, and he has an amazing memory. He, yeah. You're exactly right and, there. And so, I mean, it's you know, it's one thing to just get on a microphone and talk. This guy knows what he's doing, and you know, he is uh, he is somebody who really makes being an announcer uh, a profession. And so, yeah, I, he's always impressed me, and I certainly look forward to news of his recovery and him being back home. All right, yeah. best wishes to Dave Toll over the holidays and get better. Dave, uh, Bradley Wiggins already has a race goal for 2018, the British the Indoor Rowing Championships. <laughs> he made his indoor rowing debut earlier in the month, and he came in 21st. Wigo competed wow. in the 2K event, finished in 6 minutes, 22 seconds. The winner, 
wrote in 548. Wiggins says he made a huge error. He thought he had full started, so he put down his oar, which is really just a handle. It's one of the T handles you pull on. Bradley, I mean, he looked much bigger than his Tour de France days, but he says he plans to put on 10 keys for next year's event. He also needs some shoulders, guys. I mean, for years, this guy has been trying to be narrow upstairs to cheat the win. Now he needs all the width he can get. I mean, the guys he's competing against, they're broad as hell. Again, this is indoor rowing, guys. Bradley Wiggins is competing in, you know, those things you sit on, you do a series of pulls. It's like you're trying to start a lawnmower over and over again. <laughs> so, I mean, if you guys had to compete indoors, what what would you pick? Fatty, what kind of <laughs> – if you had to do some sort of indoor competition, you walk into your, your run-of-the-mill gym, what's the thing you're going to get on and go for it? Oh, wow. What a hard question. I I, I mean, I, I, I don't think I have a good answer for it except for, yeah, I could probably do something that is an elliptical. I could do something that is a, a, a stationary bike, stuff that requires – a good set of endurance legs. I will say that the h- highest I have ever got my heart rate to, and this is back when I was in my 20s, you know, I, I couldn't hit this number now, but was with a rowing machine. Um, and my my intention was to see if I could, you know, what was the highest I could get my heart rate to spike to. And I think I was in my... 20, 24 to, I was between 24 and 26, and I pegged 211. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did just I say touched, that out loud? Touched it, you know, I was seeing stars. I mean, I was getting serious tunnel vision, um, just absolute going to my absolute limit. And, you know, who knows about accuracy of the heart rate monitor, but I did see the number 211. Wow. It's, it it kind of makes me think that, you know, if Wiggins is doing well, in in addition to having strong arms, strong core, the this stationary rowing, having a really amazing aerobic system is critical, right? The, the, what is your aerobic capacity? Sure. Uh, and your ability to tolerate an incredibly intense anaerobic uh, moment. I would say, you know, that, that would be part of why that might be attractive to them. And th- there is a piece of that kind of thing that does appeal to mm. me. Um, just the, what does it feel like when I am at my absolute utter limit? And you, you, it's hard to do that kind of thing very well on a bike because you are in true danger of blacking out when you are at your absolute honest limit. At least I am. I can I can push myself to the point where my vision starts closing in on me. Ooh. And there is something kind of magnificent about that. Mm. Um, but it's not something I would want to be doing on the open road, right? <laughs> so uh, – and to really get there, you need to be able to use your legs, your core, your arms, everything. And yeah, so I mean it, it seems kind of silly to talk you know, to us. You know, we, we're such snobs. But – Doing uh, that kind of thing, I can see why someone like Wiggins and, you know, to be honest, someone like me would enjoy that kind of competition because it is a way to compete at just seeing how strong you can be, how hard you can go for a, a relatively short period of time. So we have Sagan doing gymnastics. We have Wiggins rowing. I guess we have uh, like Nibali playing tennis next or something like that. That's where this is, <laughs> sure. where we're going with these sure. pro athletes. 
Yeah, uh, I have not? I have at least a couple of friends still shooting for some 2017 goals when it comes to mileage and climbing. One of my Leadville buddies, you actually know him, Fatty, Greg Johns, a.k.a. Papa, mm-hmm. is going for a million feet of climbing. Uh, really? Yeah. Pretty, pretty good for him. I know. Um, Strava, though, apparently working on some other type of calendar because Strava already has all their yearly totals done for all of their... All the folks who enter in Strava, maybe they, they figure the weather's so bad that most parts of the country that, that that riding is just over. But anyhow, Strava has released its cycling stats for 2017 worldwide. And around the globe, Strava members rode 4.54 billion miles. A total of 203 million rides were logged on Strava. Climbing, 227 billion miles feet now Romain Bardet got the most thumbs up for his uh, stage win in the tour he got <coughs> 22,000 kudos for that uh, the wow. word most mentioned in ride t- you, know, hmm. you can title your rides the word most mentioned in ride titles you have any guesses fellas epic epic yeah uh-huh. that was my guess no 102,000 times it was beer in the <laughs> I approve of this <laughs> so do I. Anyhow, are you guys good record keepers? Do you record every ride? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't even have to try anymore. And that's one of the things I love about Strava. I mean, I was definitely patting Strava's back earlier in the show. But, um, you know, when you have your, your bike computer and your kicker and everything t- automatically and, and you record what you're doing, it automatically uploads to Strava. You are a great rep- record keeper. Uh effortlessly mm-hmm. and yeah it's one of the things i love about strava it's not for me anymore so much about the koms or anything like that i like to be able to s- look back and see how i'm doing relative to the f- previous year the previous month previous whatever yep. and uh you know also just you know put up a picture put up a little description of it see what my friends are doing i don't know I-, I love everything about strava patrick you know you and i don't are you on strava we don't even follow each other that's weird if you are we are not oh. we don't follow each other yeah, I'm uh, okay. So uh, to answer the question, yes, I am on Strava. Um, I'm not hugely engaged in the social side of Strava. Uh, for me, it has just taken the place of the old training diary that I used to mm-hmm. keep. For me, I um, certainly it's a nice way to track progress. You know, when you're when you are getting faster or your technique is improving, that's nice. I also need to track my riding from a standpoint of it's easy for me to get overtrained. So I have to look at what I'm doing and periodically take a rest week so that I don't dig myself into mm-hmm. a hole, even when I'm not doing huge miles. You know, if I just suddenly bump up big time, I have to make sure I and give myself a chance to recover from that. And it's because my mileage is more. I don't want to say sporadic, but I'm not I'm not able to be as consistent in my mileage right now as I'd like uh, due to work and small people um, and life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, life is normally cycling. So life, uh, <laughs> you know, cycling doesn't tend to get in the way of life. But um, I've had to curtail my writing because of little people and to make sure I'm getting enough work done. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, sure. it's harder to ride early in the morning now that I live in Sonoma County from when I was in L.A. County. Um, you know, this morning I got up and it was 33 degrees. And 
Fatty, just don't. Just don't. I know it was colder there. Just don't, please. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not like that. Mm. I I am interested though, Hadi. How about you? Are I mean, do you uh, do you are you essentially religious about your Stravaness? No, I'm a terrible accountant. I, I don't do. I don't. Do, most of the rides, <laughs> in fact, I don't record anymore. Um, it, oh, really? It's only the bigger ones. Yeah. I, and I only look at those just to see progress and see if there was anything special going on on that particular day. Um, hmm. To me, actually, Strava's become as much a social media platform as it is a rider performance tracking tool. Yeah. Um, it really is about the networking and the pairing up of riders and rides and a bragging rights, too. I mean, I think bragging and and a little bit of showing off is, is a lot of what Strava's about, too. So... Uh, that said, do you yeah. have any bragging stats, Fatty, for 2017? Any number that really stands out? You go, yeah, that's that's a big one there. That's a thumbs up. Um, you know, this year I haven't been as, uh, especially this last month or so, I haven't been as active as I have been before just because I have a new job and I'm having to prioritize that a bit. So my stats for the year are down. That said, um, I, ha- I rode to date 7632 miles um which uh the this is uh, on, on the toolbox for strava uh site which i highly recommend has lots of fun little ways for you to parse and noodle over your stravaness but this says i it this is approximately the distance from la to baghdad so that's kind of interesting uh, that's cool yeah yeah and uh you're climbing there average- is your climbing handy Yes, it is. It, that says that I have climbed. Here we go. A I have climbed one hundred and twenty-two thousand five hundred and forty-one meters. Oh, w- which is around four hundred thousand feet. Oh, nice. I think. Yeah, yeah. So nowhere close to the million your friend is doing. Yeah, Papa's. Um, Papa's sixty-three. Yeah. I think. He's going for a million feet for 2017. That's an awesome objective. I need something like that for 2018. Trying to mix things up a little bit, you know, maybe a you know a year all about climbing. That could happen. That could happen. But you know, the the thing there was a time when I hated Strava, and you know, and that had to do with back when I was a contender for KOMs. <laughs> that and you know when a KOM was taken from me. And I, or when a friend beats a time of mine, and that is one of the nice things about having slowed down or gotten old or having a bunch of more people using Strava is when you are no longer in contention, that part of Strava stops being a source of stress. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that anymore. But I, I, I use it now, um, this time of year, it's especially helpful for me to take a look and see what trails are open, what, you know, what trails people are riding on versus which ones they are not mm-hmm. in the area. You know, what, you know, the people who are out on fat bikes, I can tell it's like, oh, that's a fat bike trail right now, or, oh, that's still dry, or, oh, no, that's a muddy mess. Really easy for me to tell what's available and what's clear, what's clean, what's not. So I don't know. I, you know. We really ought to send Strava a note that they ought to uh, that they ought to uh, you know support the Paceline the way that the Paceline is supporting them right now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We don't Enough. even need them. We can just write their mid roll for them. 
There we go. I think we did. That's I right. think we just wrote them a 15-minute mid-roll. All right. Let's just All send right, them an invoice. That'll, that'll wrap up the news for show 94. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. So what's going on at RKP? I'll give you a little uh, uh, support from the paceline for your own site. <laughs> uh, let's see. So uh, just just today, uh, my review of the SRAM Red ETAP Hydro. Say that three times fast. Uh, so this is SRAM's <laughs> electronic shifting, you know, with hydraulic mm-hmm. disc brakes. And uh, it's on my 7 Earhart. And I, guys, I this this group makes me swoon. It's just fantastic. <laughs> um, and, you know, as a, as a group on a bike to travel with, uh, it speeds packing of the bike now. Um, I like that a lot. Um, but more importantly, you know, short of like doing really gnarly single track, I can take this bike and ride just about anything I want. Um, there are certainly trails in Annadale that I wouldn't take it on, but you know, it's a, it's a very capable bike for, you know, road riding and, um, gnarly gravel riding, uh, uh, some single track I can certainly get through. Uh, but the stuff where I'd want a full suspension mountain bike, you know, I won't generally take this on, but it's, yeah, yeah it's just fantastic. The group works ultra well. Uh, I love the braking performance and, you know, the holdouts out there who, who continue to say, Oh, you know, these brakes that we've got, these traditional rim calipers work just fine. I don't need anything else. I Let's go with a, a, a Christmas phrase. Bah humbug. Um, <laughs> I I am such a fan of disc brakes. Oh, my gosh. And oh, yeah. having shifting that is easy to understand even when you're brain dead. You know, left is easier, right is harder or faster. Uh no matter how hard I'm going, I don't have to think about the shifting and I've got the little blips up on the bar top so that if I'm sitting up and climbing, I don't have to move my hand to shift. Um, it's, it's really nice. And also the ergonomics of the levers way better than they used to be with just, uh, the previous red hydro group. Uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, that review is there. You can read that in its full glory. Um, there's my post called the season for giving in which I talk about all the clothing that our readers have shipped and what I want to do with the remaining amount that is starting to find some difficulty in finding a home. So those are our two most recent posts. Um, maybe worth mentioning that we also have a long sleeve Jersey in the store now for sale and it's pretty stinking cool. All right. Fantastic. And, I am going to have to go and read that one on the Hydro ETAP. I, as you know, uh, I built up a road bike this year, and finally, you know, I really wanted to put Hydro ETAP on, and I just couldn't wait any longer. So went with the uh, the mechanical uh, uh, Hydro Group, and um, now I'm going to. I, I can tell. Uh, I'm going to be doing some rationalizing for 2018. <laughs> I can help. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And please do. Please do. Let's go on to the paceline pick. And this is the section of the paceline where we talk about something we frankly just want to talk about. Usually bike related, but sometimes just barely. I'm going to make <laughs> myself first this time. Okay. Because I want to talk about 
the Jaybird Run headphones. I love these things. Uh, these are fantastic headphones. If you are a very bad person who has elected to have to listen to headphones while you are riding. Now I know they're called the Jaybird Run headphones, and I'll get into why riders might want them in a second. But here's my list of seven reasons why these are fantastic. First of all, they are Bluetooth, which leads to, second of all, they are totally wireless. One goes in one ear, in your right ear, the other goes into the left ear, kind of like AirPods, Apple AirPods. But this is important, and it leads to number three. Unlike AirPods, they lock into your ears and they don't fall out. And they come with lots of little, uh, you know, like a million little adapter things. So you are going to find a set that fits. And that gets to 3A here, right? You can tell that I actually made a list this time. <laughs> Important distinction from AirPods, which I liked a lot until because they have the, the little one inch long sort of antenna thing, I guess. Maybe it's the battery, who knows, that hangs down below your ear your helmet strap bangs against that every once in a while and eventually it will knock it out of your ear and it's going to happen as you're in the final mile of doing a nine mile PR climb up Nebo Mountain. At least that's when it did it for me. And my Stravenous was hurt that day. <laughs> so <laughs> still got the PR, but you know, it, it changed it by at least 30 seconds and I'm never going to be that fast again in my life. So that sucks. The Jaybird Run doesn't have that. It is basically flush with your ear. It locks in there and it is going to stay. Number four, and this is the reason why I love it best of all, you can use the right one all by itself. You don't have to put the left one in, which, you know, unfortunately, you can't use just the left one. You know, the left one doesn't work without the right one. The right one will work without the left one. And that's a little bit of a shame because eventually I'm going to have this worn out right one and a brand new left one because I just use the right one, okay? Meaning that when I'm on the road, I'm listening in my right ear. My left ear is left open so that I can hear what is going on in traffic or, you know, as cars that are going by to the left of me. My awareness of what is going on on the road is still really good. And... It is, that leads to number six, there's a little button on that right one, right? And it is a perfect button for what the things that you might need to do while you're riding. You press that little button and it's, you know, it's a big button. You can get to it easily with your gloves, click it to play, click it to pause. If a call comes in over your phone, click it to take the call. It's the same button and you just press it. And it does have a mic built in. So, yeah, you can take a call with this thing in your ear very easily. You don't have to go around reaching for your phone in your jersey pocket, right? And since you probably also have a bike computer that is telling you who is calling, it's an easy choice to make whether you're going to take that call or not. Charging them, super easy. You just put it in the little case, close it, and an LED lets you know that it's charging charges with micro USB, which, you know, you've got a thousand of those in your house. They're like an infestation of ants and you don't have to worry about, you know, finding a way to charge these things. Audio is not great, but it's plenty good for podcasts, which is what I'm using these things for. And, you know, it, you know, fantastic way basically to entertain myself while I'm riding alone. If I'm riding with people, I just don't 
spring headphones ever. Jaybird named these things the run probably for a really good reason, right? No sane headphone company is going to name them the ride because they're not going to tell you to use your product or their product on a bike, right? They don't want that kind of liability. But if you're like me and you're going to be bad and irresponsible, the Jaybird run headphones, you know, just the right one because I don't want to be that bad and irresponsible. They're the best headphones that you can buy for riding. They're crazy expensive, about 180 bucks, but I love them, use them all the time. If you like listening to something but still like to be able to hear what is going on and you don't want any wires and you want it to just work and not fall out of your ears, the Jaybird Run, man. There's your, uh, that's the thing you should be asking for the rich person in your life for Christmas. Cool. Your turn, Patrick. Oh, okay. Well, I may have mentioned a few weeks back that I was working on a feature for bicycling uh, about the fires here. And I'm pleased to note that that issue of bicycling, the January-February issue, uh, hit both uh, both newsstands today and is available on the web. Uh, the web version is an expanded version of the feature, um, but RKP reader Roman Cho uh, shot the portraits of the folks uh, that were selected for this. Um, I'm actually one of the portraits that he shot. And it's it's a pretty powerful thing. I read through it last night. It was my first opportunity to see you know, all of the copy matched with the photos and it was, it was pretty powerful. I, I ended up needing a beer after that. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty proud of this piece of work and, uh, it was a, it was a, a real, gosh, how to put it. Bicycling really went out on a limb to do this. Uh, they practically stopped presses to put this feature in uh, it was super 11th hour to squeeze it in. And so it's very timely and they really went the extra mile. They even include uh, some information about the Sonoma pride campaign for those who want to contribute. And so I, I have some pretty warm feelings for my editors at bicycling for doing this. Uh, it's a, it's a really powerful feature. I would love to see our listeners support bicycling by going out and picking up a copy on the newsstand. But I will also include a link in our show notes so that those who uh, maybe need a little convincing can see the online version before heading to the newsstand. Hell with that. Subscribe to that magazine. That's a good magazine. Heck yeah. It is a good Heck piece yeah. of work. I, I, I re-upped mine recently, so I'll be looking Excellent. for mine in the mail, Patrick. Where Yeah. My mailman's a little slow with the bicycling. I think he takes it home and reads it. So he might be reading your piece right now, and then I'll get it. All right. I'm, yeah, I, I'm good with that. <laughs> so am I. I'm fine. I'm right there with you, man. It's a, it, it, People are doing good work. Uh, no but, content could be found on the screen. So yeah, worth getting. Cool. Sorry. My, <laughs> my phone just uh, suddenly thought that I had said something to Siri. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Siri. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> hottie. All right, Hottie, bring us on home, man. Okay, guys. You know, I found a recent poll on a forum asking riders uh, what was their favorite bike color. Black and red are like neck and neck, each getting 25%. I was relieved to see that a color other than black was at least contending. Now, the next most popular color was blue. 
about 19%. Uh, I have complained about bike paint before, and I'm going to do it again because that's what I do, complain. You know, <laughs> this flat black, matte black, Darth Vader stealth look that dominates most group rides, it's got to end. Let's get back to some paint. I mean, I can't tell one bike from another when they have that unfinished carbon look. And I'm pretty good at identifying bikes. Now, that's my basic paceline gripe. Paint it, all right? My pick is blue. That's my favorite bike color. The 19% color. Blue bikes are cool. How do I know? My latest ride, an independent fabrication crown jewel, is Royal Blue. I've only had this bike out in public maybe a half dozen times, but every time, this thing gets noticed. That 15-year-old ride and paint job could be sitting next to a handful of carbon race black-on-black night riders, and the one that people will ask about every time is mine, and it feels <clears throat> good. My gripe has been legitimized. Uh, this is not my first blue bike. It is my third, actually. The Raleigh I got for Christmas in 1969 was blue. My neighbor got the identical bike. It was red. Mine looked better. Sorry. The Little John BMX bike I bought with paper route money in the 70s was also blue. And my choach is sort of blue, so we'll give it an honorable mention. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a place for black, especially flat black. When we were teens, to make our car paint jobs stand out, we would always remove all the chrome bits and paint them black. We call this blacking out. Emblems, hood ornaments, trims, sometimes bumpers, they all got the rattle can treatment. Bolt that stuff on and watch that paint pop. Same idea with the bike. Pick out a real color for the frame and then draw the eye to it by blacking out everything else. Saddle, post, stem, bar tape, wheels, your eye will have no choice but to focus on that frame and its fine paint job. So, my paceline pick is Cobalt Sky, Sapphire, Royal, Powder, Periwinkle, Iris, Midnight, Dodger, <laughs> UCLA, or Duke. Whatever shade of blue you like. Duck egg? Duck egg. <laughs> okay. Blue. Duck egg, isn't it? Uh, I got to say, Hottie, you make me feel bad about my bikes every single time. I knew I would black. put you in the guilt locker. I knew it. Yes, you are a you, fan yeah. of that carbon look. I know. Yeah, it, it's just what they are. I'm, I I know that I have no style sense, and so I'm just you know adapting. It's like, well, if my, all my clothes are black, black and all my bikes are black, then I can't miss. Look, and I can play but. devil's advocate here. Look, there's a, there's a weight <laughs> argument that could be made. Paint's going to cost you some grams. I get that. Paint chips. Yeah, if you like to ride off-road and you flick rocks up into your frame, you might end up with a few nicks and chips. But I like the pop, too. I like how the eye is attracted to it. And, man, do people well, I, love my new bike. They really do. And it's not new. It's 15 years old. <laughs> and you know, As uh, we talked about a couple of episodes ago, I am shopping around and making decisions on a frame. And you know what? You just convinced me. I was going to go for either the black or the red and black. I'm going to go with something a little bit more ambitious color-wise. Mm. So, dude, you just made a difference. I like that. Nice. I'll send you a picture when we get to it. All right. I think that is a wrap for this episode of The Paceline. Guys, uh, listeners, if you haven't been to the to Apple Podcast to rate and review us, don't. 
and and playing uh, and <laughs> doing some reverse psychology. <laughs> don't go rate and review us. Just don't. Okay. And but if you do, uh, we owe you a poll. Just let us know. For Hottie and Patrick, I'm Fatty. You've been listening to the Pace Line. Meanwhile, the person everyone's watching now, the man we all came to watch, Bradley Wiggins, is now inside the last hundred meters. Get behind your man. He is finishing his debut rowing race. Britain's most successful Olympian ever. He's coming home. Let's hear it for Mr. Bradley Wiggins. 622.5.